Hey there guys, welcome to this episode of Barrels and Business. As always, I am your host, Jade Green, and it is my job to bring you some of the amazing guests from around the world that can share not only their tangible tips on how you can grow an epic business, scale your empire, live your perfect day, and share some stories about amazing surf trips. Today, I am joined by none other than Brian Swan. Brian is the unstoppable surfer. As you can see by his beard, he's also the founder of the unstoppable beard. He'll tell us more about that later. And the branding agency, the unstoppable branding agency. This man though, shot to fame, I'm going to say, to start off with as the unstoppable family. And I believe, I think we can coin him and crown him as the first digital nomad family after escaping being a robotics engineer and selling like boring robots to like rocket scientists like Elon Musk to traveling the world with his family and growing an amazing epic little human in Hanalei. Let's hear more from Brian. Welcome to the show, Brian. Well, thank you very much, Jade, for having me on. I'm, uh, it's an absolute pleasure joining you from Bali, Indonesia. If you can see a video, if you can't, I'm uh, overlooking some of the best surf breaks in the world, and uh, it's my pleasure to be joining you here. And I, I am met you here so jealous. <laughs> yeah, we met at, met at Karamas, the World Surf League break, but you're up at the Bukit, right? You look over Impossibles and Ulus. Bingen, Ulus, Bingen's is right here, Uluwadu down there, Padang Padang, so I'm all within... Uh, I, I actually did a, uh, on my 47th birthday, just uh, last Sunday, uh, on the big swell that we had last Sunday, I surfed Ulu's, Padang Padang, Impossibles, and Bingen. And that was my first time I ever did it, and it was one of the best things. I'm not sure if I'm going to do the, the, the round again, but yeah, it was a, a high moment in my life, I'd say. Did I see a snapped board from that session, or was that from a different session? That was the morning after Padang Padang. Ah, uh, heavy. Yeah. I um yeah. I actually learned how to go left at Bingen. Because <laughs> you can't go right. <laughs> you can't go right. No. That's a good place to learn, right? I uh as a kid when I surfed, I uh I rode a longboard and I'd I'd if I was gonna go left I'd have to switch foot. Like I'd jump up yeah. and everyone thought it was some sort of trick. It was just me being slightly retarded. Uh <laughs> so I'd switch to go left, but at Bingen, you have to learn to uh, jump up pig dog and not drag your butt across the reef. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So not only did you have your 47th birthday last weekend, you had your amazing Unstoppable Mama's uh, 48th birthday just recently too. Is that correct? Yeah. We're, we're, we're four days apart, so we just went over to Newsome Boggan, uh diving, a little surfing, and, uh, and now we're back into the action here. Oh, my two favorite places, like when I used to work in Bali all the time, as you know, I was at Karamas, but if I was taking my downtime, my holiday time, I'd go to Bingen. I loved just being down on the cliff where there was no internet reception or going to Lombongan, staying on the cliffs, looking at playgrounds. Yeah, no, I love Lombongan. It's beautiful. And it's just a half an hour, you know, boat ride away. So it's beautiful. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Did you get any waves while you were in Lombongan? Uh, I actually did not. 
I brought my boards, but uh, yeah, it, it was full on moms, you know, wife day. So we did the diving thing last time, scored shipwrecks, which was really good. Uh, I, I've never hit shipwrecks, but I did break my coccyx at playgrounds. That was fun. Wow. Had to have coral removed from my bum. Yeah, not a great experience. <laughs> so is, does Rhonda, your wife, still surf? I've seen photos of her with boards. She has not. Uh, we've been together for 23 years, and uh, we met actually surfing in San Diego, California. So she actually paddled up. I met her there. We've been together ever since. That was in May of uh, 1998. And, wow. Uh, yeah. I was a robotics engineer. She was in the corporate world and uh, hit it off. And then in 2006, she retired me from my corporate job. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. I can share a little bit more on that as well. Yeah, talk me through that. Now, was that because you were having Hanalei and you didn't want to have her go to preschool? Or walk us through that journey. All right, so so this is kind of, I'm going to rewind it from, because I think also you were a recruiter for Parker Hannafin. I used to sell robotics engineering uh, corporate for nearly 10 years. I was in a suit and tie um, selling for the semiconductor uh, biotech industry, and I was learning how to surf. My wife and I, we, I only picked it up when I was 20 years old, and we were living like kind of like the American dream, right? We had... We had the cars, insurance, we were buying the houses, bought our first house in like 2000. The real estate market was just ramping up. It was like ideal. Um, she actually broke her back. She t- she broke her, uh, uh, tore her hamstring in the MetaWise back in 2004 when we were still working in corporate. And that was pretty much the end of her surfing days because then oh. shortly after that, she was uh, pregnant with Hanalei. She had a few bad accidents, and now she hasn't surfed, but now I got Hanalei surfing with me. But um, you know what What happened was it was it's really interesting on how we're talking about uh, how I'm in Bali. And after the trip in 2004, I remember being in, in – it was in Kuta. And, you know, I'm in my late 20s, I think, and, and I'm like, let's go party. And, and I remember her looking at me. My wife is looking at me, and she goes – there's got to be something more to life than just what we're living. And I'm like, I'm looking at her going, what are you talking about? I go, we have six figure jobs. Uh, we don't have to work a lot. Basic. I mean, it was like, it was kind of, even though we had prestigious jobs, we could slack off, you know, in the corporate world, you can just slack off. You kind of do the, the, the minimal amount where you, you don't get fired, but you still can earn a good pay and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> And she goes, but there's more to life. And I, I remember just looking at her going, well, what? We're taking a trip, you know, a two-week trip to, to Bali and the Meadowise. And, and she's like, there's more. And, you know, it was, it was at a point where my wife, she was, she was working for a pharmaceutical company. And that's one of the reasons she left the pharmaceutical company because she was under seeing what's really going on behind the scenes. But she witnessed a... Um, one of her one of her coworkers, she stepped into a meeting on Monday morning, and my wife was there. And the lady came in. This lady came in 15 minutes late, and she's like, "I'm so sorry, I'm late. You know, I just had to drop off my six week old child in daycare." And the boss looked at Ron, or looked at her, and she says, "Do you want to keep your job?" And she's like, "Yeah." She goes, "Well, you're going to be putting your child in daycare." every day from 6.30 in the morning and you pick her up at 6 p.m. at night. 
and the lady was crying and, and it was just my wife just looked at that moment this was in 2004 2005 2004 and we had just bought our first million dollar house we had already bought another one things were good we're living in california and we're a month into it and she came back from that meeting she didn't say a thing to me that night but we went to surf the check uh went to uh check the surf as we do every morning before we get into our cars and go wheel and deal with our corporate world right we're both in sales and she looked at me while we're having coffee looking at the surf and she goes i want to have a family and i'm like yeah that's why we bought a five bedroom house to fill this <laughs> you know fill this thing and she looked at me and she said I'm not going to put my children in daycare. And I just kind of looked at her and went, well, I don't care if I'm my boss's boss's boss. I'm not going to have enough money to provide for this mortgage. And she said, you better get a better job. I go, why don't you find something you can work from home? And back in the day in 2004, that was kind of like one of those, like, now it's like, oh, yeah, I can, you know, find something online because everything's online. There's so like and if you're not doing something online, you're kind of crazy, even if you have a brick and mortar business. But that was back in the day. I was kind of tricky. And she's like, OK. And then it was like a few weeks later. She's like, uh, she goes, I found something and I want you to see it. I'm like, oh, you go figure it out. And uh, I thought she was absolutely crazy. She quit her job before she made any money. And uh, lo and behold, she had like a $47,000 a month. And I was just like, I was blown away because she was also learning like personal development. This is before the movie The Secret. So I'm just putting a time frame on, you know, mm -hmm. like that was kind of. I like was a, sharing oh. a, re a serviced office with Google. So Google had come to Australia and didn't even have their own office. We shared an office space. That's how long ago oh, this was. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we got started in the online world, Facebook, YouTube just was just launched. Facebook didn't exist. Obviously, Instagram didn't. None of the, yeah. the six. The social media wasn't out there. And uh, but she was also becoming this incredible person. And I was like, huh, she's making more money than I am in my corporate world as a robotics engineer. She's becoming a better person. I'm like, man, you know, it's like she's I'm going to. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to join you on this train. And I quit my job, uh, roughly about a year afterwards. And it was mostly like, I wanted to surpass our incomes and we were just riding on fire, you know, making 50, 60, a hundred K a month. And we're just like, ah, you know, buying real estate. We're just wheeling, dealing cars, everything. It was just like, ah, and we thought we were setting up our, our daughter for, so she didn't have to worry about, you know, money. And in uh, 2007, we had our daughter, Hanalei Swan, on April 17th. A couple weeks later, we went from millionaire, multimillionaire status to losing everything. And it was like the worst about year and a half of my life on mental, uh, just mental mind fuck, just of what's going on, thinking you have it all and then losing it all. And, um, and it was at a point to where we're like, what do we do? And then when you're trying to sell things, when you're losing everything and you're, you're trying to sell things that are like wealth consciousness, <laughs> no one buys anything. And on June- and Coming 15th, from that red level scarcity energy. Yeah, you just can't, I'm like, why isn't it work? It's like, well, yeah, your energy is like, you're losing everything. How are you supposed to sell something? And on June 5th, which was just a few days ago, we made a decision. We're like, we're gonna, from, it was from the four hour work week. 
and it was like living a um, the mini retirement, living it overseas. And if you have something that you can work on online, you can work anywhere. And I was like, that makes so much sense. I go, I said it to my wife multiple times. Why don't we just sell everything and go travel and do what we really love? And she's like, are you crazy? What are you thinking? You know, it's like, we got this, you know, we can still do this. And finally on June 5th, 2008, we made a decision that we're going to go on a two year trip around the world. That was in 2008. Now it's 13 years later and we're in Bali, Indonesia. We've lived in 50 some different countries, but it had to take from the worst moment in your life to actually having it is the best. And it's hard. It sucks. You get punched in the face and the gut. But it was at that moment when my wife looked at me and she goes, I made a vow never to put my daughter in daycare. And I, at the other hand, when I was young, which actually got us to this traveling stage, when I was 11 years old, my daughter, my dad was diagnosed with AIDS. AIDS. And he didn't know if he had six months to live, 12 months to live, one, two, three, four, five years, but he knew he was going to be passing away. And if you know you have an expiration date, what are some of the things that you're going to be doing today? Because we all think that it's someday, it's this, but you always keep putting stuff off. But from the age of 11 to 16, I saw death. And I saw my father living the bucket list movie before the bucket list movie was out. And he just took my brother and my sister. He's like, who wants to go to Europe? I'm like, ah, I do. Who wants to go to Egypt? I'm like, I do. And I got to see the world from this little little village. They call it a village. is Cambridge, Illinois. So I was 1,400 kilometers away from the ocean. Never knew anything about surfing. To traveling the world. And I was like, it, and then he passed away when I was 16. But it, it was that those moments that transformed my life on like, there's a big world out there. There's, you know, there's not just the USA and, and our little anthill that we're living in. But that's transformed my life. And I, I said to my wife, I said, we're never guaranteed another day in our life. And we opened up a bottle of wine that we've been saving for a special moment. And we said, we're going to go on a two-year trip around the world. And if you're watching the video, you can see the tattoo that my daughter uh, drew. I don't know if you can see the date, November 25th, yeah. 2008. And that was the date that we uh, left San Diego, departed the USA, and sold everything and never looked back. So that's kind of the story on, on how it all all came about. What an amazing journey. Um, what, I, what I took out of what you were just saying about you and your dad, though, is you probably had even in that even though you only had that sort of 16 years with him those last five or so years probably built so many more memories and connection than what most people ever get in a lifetime with their parents because you the the delayed gratification of like oh when i've when i retire or when i've got x amount of money when we've got this is when we'll start to do that stuff or like the 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 short time frames of when you actually holiday or do these things um so i love that idea of and you've spoken at mind valley we talked about that before the this concept of bringing the happiness into now not having to wait for the 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 means to an end and going right well why do i have to work till i'm 70 before i travel somewhere or to to do these things and breaking apart those paradigms can you share a little bit more about how the average Joe can kind of break free of those bullshit rules of society and, um, and, and really start living that more connected and, and more experienced life now. Well, 
you know, in, in, first of all, it's, it comes from a decision and it's just a simple decision that you start working your way backwards. There was an exercise that I did, uh, back. I, I actually wrote it out. I still have the, uh, picture of it. I wrote out how to create your perfect day. And, and, and it was so funny because when my wife was getting started in this online business, it was an affiliate program. Uh, it was in the, uh, the personal development and we we're selling events and I just thought, what is this law of attraction, all this? And she's like, just do it. And I'm like, ah, oh, for six months, I had this journal that was like a, I think it was like a 30 day program. And I'm like, I'll start it sometime. But I, you know what? I always had this fear of what if my wife would read it? What if my friends or family, this fear of, oh my God, what would they think of me? Oh my God, what if I, it doesn't come true? And the biggest thing for the average Joe, for pretty much anyone out there, it's like you gotta let go of the fear of like, you got like, what's the worst case scenario? What's the best case scenario? Worst case scenario is, let's say, uh, you can't do something you, and you're still living the same life. Or the best came, best case is you're waking up in the morning, you're freely, really good and so i say like the first step is just making the decision that i'm gonna go do something and it could be creating you know a new business it could be starting just like a podcast taking the first steps but it's like you got to take the you know the the saying the uh, journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step from lao Tzu in the book of the Tao. and so you got to actually start taking those and the first exercise i did was create your perfect day and i got to write out what my ideal average day looked like every single day. And I, I think that's a really my- important point you just said there, though. It's not like your dream day, like, oh, you know, it's the last day on earth and I'm going to jump out of an airplane and then I'm going to meet my favorite singer and then I'm going to do this and do that. It's, it's, it's your... I'm going to do everything. Yeah. yeah. This is like your realistic, like the day that you're going to live the majority of days. And I got to write out, like, what is my morning going to look like? And I remember writing it out. My daughter, we got married in on Hanalei Bay, uh, Kauai, and I was waking up and I just Hence wrote it the out. the child's name. I, <laughs> yeah, my daughter's name. We got married. She's named after it. So it's very special with us. And I said, you know, I'm waking up to double overhead surf. And for you, that's not a surfer. It's about like twice the size of my head. And, you know, there's spinning barrels and I'm going out for a two hour session. I'm coming back, having breakfast with my with my my children one of them's named Hanalei. we didn't have a child at the time she was two years from being born but i was dreamscaping all this on what it would look like and you start to feel like wow this is what i could live like and and what i'm going to do for lunch who am i going to be hanging out with uh you know what kind of business is am i going to be doing and when it start when you start putting that down on pen and paper you're like wow this is something that I can do. Now, there's a lot of other things, a lot of other steps on creating it, but that's like the first step, you know? And it's like, start working on it. And I actually created that, uh, recreated that exercise. I put it on a video. I put it out like 10 years ago. And I've met so many people. It's changed thousands of people's of life. You know, there's people that are living here in Bali. It's like, your video I found 10 years ago, you know, changed my whole paradigm. They're like, that was the first thing that got me started. So type out and create your perfect day on YouTube. You'll see this old video. We'll put it in the links. Yeah. And I have no beard. I'm like short. It's, but it's, (laughs) it was before I got into video production. Now we do high end video and stuff, but it's, but it's one of those basics that you got to take the first step, right? 
you know, and you got to do something also that you love. Because when you wake up out of, the, out of bed, if you don't love something and if you're doing it just for the money, you're never going to be satisfied and you're going to be in a prison your whole entire life, you know? So those are the first steps. Starts, you know, do that exercise, do start doing some type of personal development. And it's like, those are the catalysts. And then just start learning a skill, learning one skill of marketing, ad copy, sales, something to worry, not the whole thing, but just like learn something to get really good at it, start applying it. And those are the, those are the first things. One, th one of the things that I learned, um, I learned this from being in the corporate world where I was with engineers and we were high end. And yeah, you mentioned Elon Musk. I sold Elon Musk actuators back in like 2002, 2003. And, uh, I went, he it was a, it was a sales call. I thought it was, I thought it was a joke. I really, he goes, I'm a, he goes, I'm a rocket scientist. I'm like, yeah, you're a rocket scientist. And this is, I, I do you mind if I share this story? Cause it's freaking No, scary. I was, I, I was kind of, I kind of was poking you about the Parker stuff to hopefully get here. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so this is funny. So I get to make my own sales calls. I'm an outside sales guy, but I'm technical. So I can do the programming, the specking, you know, it's high degree, everything. But, well, I'll tell the Elon Musk story first. So I was, I was living in San Diego and these SpaceX and I'm reading this thing and it says for a rocket and I'm thinking, who the heck? And I, when I, I started laughing with- This Elon, is way before oh, PayPal people. This is before Elon's like a thing. <laughs> the, oh, yeah, because he just sold PayPal and then he, <laughs> he'd already had his rocket in there. So he goes, yeah, he goes, when can you meet? So I look at Surfline, and this is where you look at the surf forecast. And I'm like, I always made my surf, I always made my sales appointments around when there's a swell. So I'm like, I'd surf trestles. So I'd get up in the like in the dark, go up surf trestles, and then I would go do whatever sales meetings. So I went to El I went to SpaceX, uh, with still in salt water. You know, like I, I didn't even have it. I didn't even have a shower. I just you know just up in still salt. <laughs> And I went up to SpaceX and it was like, it was in the hood. And I'm like, what, is, am I gonna get jumped here? And SpaceX wasn't like assuming. And so I met him and I'm like, and you are a, and he goes, a rocket scientist. And I'm like, yeah. And then he walked. Are you in a garage at this point in time or are you in a real? No, it's, 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 no, it's, way, it's way bigger, but you can't, it's not assuming. It's not this prestigious building. And I walks it through, and then we walk out to this big platform, this hangar, and there's a rocket on the on the floor, and I'm just like, "Holy Whoa. shit!" I go, "That's a rocket." He goes, "I'm a rocket scientist." <laughs> so then I, so anyway, I sold him like 60k. He was like the first, they're the first people that paid before I even left the building. My boss is like, "Dude, the invoice is." I'm like. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but he has a rocket out. There. He has a rocket. <laughs> we like him. <laughs> yeah. So that's oh my, my last story. But one of the things when you're talking about, when I was talking about a skill, what I learned was not how smart I was in engineering. I always like to look at things on kind of like playing the, uh, like how can you get the biggest bang for, it's, it's like biohacking, right? Before biohacking is biohacking. Like how can you biohack or hack something? And I'm like, okay, the way I'm going to make the most money in this is by making the most sales, not learning how to be the smartest guy. 
But if I bring the right people in around me and I learn how to communicate and I learn how to sell, I'm going to be the top salesperson for a technical job, but I don't have to be the tech. I was probably the second dumbest person for technical wise. And I would just sit at meetings, you know, like I wouldn't listen and I wouldn't even care. People are like, well, I'm like, well, I got other people that do this. I'm just learning how to sell. And I would just learn. And that was probably one of the biggest thing. I started listening to Zig Ziglar, Jim. Rohn, oh my gosh. Tony Zig's Automobile University. Yeah. Like, exactly. I, I was listening to Zig when I was recruiting for Parker. <laughs> and I was listening to, to Zig when I was selling for Parker. But I was, I was, what I was doing, I was putting, it was, it was a cassette tape. I'd put it in and I'd listen to it like for a half hour while I'm driving. Then I would use it when I got in and this shit worked. And I was just like, oh my God, what is this black magic? And then I asked my buddy, and he was in old school insurance sales. I go, do you got any more of this stuff? And he gave me the six pack of Brian Tracy. Oh. Uh, I forgot. It was. I remember the thing was blue. It was like this big thing. And I was just listening to all this, and I'm like, this is like, this is magical stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. And then I just started learning more sales and more how to communicate. And that's stuff that you can just, you take forever, you know? So I wasn't the smartest person. I just learned how to sell and communicate. I and love that's that. Also, even in the online world, that's you know, it's all about communication and selling. I uh, one of one of my uh, tribe the other day was asking for the best sales books that he could start compiling because he's building a sales team at the moment. I said, was it for leadership or for the team to do sales? And he said both. So what would you what would you recommend uh, for someone either as a salesperson or leading a sales team? You know, I, uh, so, I mean, the stuff with Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn, it's gold, but if you really want some new techniques, I mean, there's stuff like I, I've learned to sell from one of my, you know, people that were in our business, Jeremy Miner. He's a freaking, he's got just incredible stuff. I did the Sandler system. That's, I don't see it much anymore, but it's like mm. selling without selling and yep. asking questions and, uh, I don't know. I just listened to a podcast with Jeremy Miner. We were like the top salespeople in, in our marketing and stuff, and he's crushing it on there. But like that, I don't know, like you know, for actual sales, I just started out Brian Tracy, the old boys, you know. Yeah. But now there's such new stuff like what Jeremy has, and there's some other ones, but I, I can't really come off the top of my head. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll put a link to Jeremy Miner in in the yeah. notes as well um okay beautiful so if you talk tell me about your team now you've got a number of different businesses so yeah. how's your team structured how do you run these businesses from the beautiful book hit well okay so here's here's our secret ingredient we maximize COVID. so when uh so the way that our business we pretty much had about like eight to ten employees for the last five years we can never break out of that and it's not having the most amount of employees but it's having your systems in in the right people in place and all the way so we've been traveling ever since my daughter's one so the last 13 years we've been traveling uh my daughter she now speaks she's had a fashion she's had a six-figure fashion brand since the age of 11. so we're we're a family of entrepreneurs and we're a family of entrepreneurs that go speak around the world. We have our own events. We speak at other events. So pretty much all of our financials was was revolved around 
going to live events and speaking at them and selling from them. When COVID <laughs> happened, we're, I was just like, holy shit, this is really going to change the dynamics. And then I thought, oh my God. I get to spend the whole swell season on the bucket and no one can With no it. tourists. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this is awesome. Yay. Yeah, I've been so jealous. I've been watching Rory Callahan and Monty and Dan Carlin and you, actually you know all of which have been on the podcast, by the way, all hitting it with you guys. And like, Did you know uh, I was with Rory and Lowe just in uh, uh, last week in, uh, in Nias. Oh, were you? Yeah, so oh, actually, sure. yeah, I think I saw a picture of uh, Lowe and Hanalei taking a party wave. No, and that's the that's the life. And here's what here's what happened. COVID happened, and all of our events were gone. And so we're like, okay, well, what do we do? And there was this thing of, like, you always do something when you have time to do it. And so what I mean, like, oh, I'll get to this website. I'll get to this PR. I'll get to this, you know, like, I'll get it. Because you're always busy. And then we're like, well, man, this is an excellent time to really restructure our business and get our systems in place. And so we brought on one person that, that this is what I do. We're like, perfect. This is what we don't like to do. So why don't <laughs> you do this? And then he started hiring. And then it's like we started building the teams and we had the time to where we could actually think versus being on the road, which mm. I, I love mm. being on the road and traveling. But it's for the first time in 12 years, I got to like, we just got to sit back enjoy where we were at and really build a solid company from eight employees and i think we're up to like 52 or 55 now since covid since march of last year wow and yeah so it, it, and how it, are they really distributed cool. like what businesses have, are they working on so we're in uh we have our unstoppable branding agency that's really our bread and butter we've had that over a decade i started my unstoppable beard business uh just last year about seven eight months ago and this is a funny thing i gotta so for three years i've had this beard for five years i wanted to cut it my daughter my wife said no you can't cut it and they're like you gotta start a beard it's your brand yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah." i'm like yeah yeah when i get to it and you know we're always traveling always had an excuse and then like about june about a year ago today my daughter looks at me and when your 13 year old looks at you and says Dad, when are you ever going to start that beard business that you've always been talking about? And I'm just like, I ran out oh. of excuses. I'm like, well, I guess I'll start it now. Why not? And it was just like, now it's like, I just start making some priorities. Um, I, I digress on that. But our branding agency was where we have most of our, there's writers. We have people on our systems. We have a sales team. We have our marketing team. We have our, uh, I already said writers. We have our PR managers. Um, you know, you got your bookkeeper. Now we're hiring, like you're hiring, like, and I don't know how to do that, but this guy does. So we're like, all right, you keep on doing it. We are like the kind of like the, the overseers, you know, we, you know, we're like, I'm, we're the, the visionaries. So yeah, the visionaries and we're able to make the big connections and, and bring the, the life to the business. So we have people working in Bali, the Philippines, the USA, uh, Africa and Europe. We got people in pretty much every continent except for Antarctica. But uh, who knows? So, so there's still yeah, time. There's still time. There's still time. So they're everywhere. But it's like it's really we couldn't do it because we were at a capacity to where in order to really and it's not just like scaling your business, but bringing on the right people that do things that you don't like to do. And I think that's where 
especially as beginning sucks entrepreneurs, your energy. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta kind of figure it out. And you're like that one man show, and you're like, but then you gotta start, you know, start expanding. But then it's that that combination of finding people. There's 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 money, right? There's problems, and you can either solve them by you got your own time to solve that problem, or you got money to solve that problem. And what I, what I, as we grow, I keep on like, how can I solve more problems by using people that like to do things that I don't like to do? And so that's how, that's how it's kind of grown. But it's crazy, it. you know, going it. from eight to 50 some people in a, during a pandemic, but it's, that's what happened, you know? That is so cool. Has Rory got you to do wealth dynamics profiling? Do you know what yours and Rhonda's profiles are? I have done another one, a lifestyle design, but I haven't. I'm a. I don't know if it's the same thing, but I've done another life uh, style or life design. Uh, I'm a generator. Is that mm-hmm. would that be one of the things? A generator in there. That's that's definitely in life in uh, yeah life design um, or yeah. hu- no human design. Um, if yeah. you're a generator, I'm a manifesting generator. Um, that's what. Is she? Rhonda's yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd uh, poke Rory to get you to, to do the, the wealth dynamics. Uh, that's Roger James yeah. Hamilton's system, yeah. um, which I use a lot for profiling uh, teams and understanding who you need in your team and what's your opposite energy and how you build your dream team to take off your plate the shit that yeah. not that you, like if you don't like it it's usually sucks your energy and, and takes you out of flow really? so it's like okay how do you find the people that that is their flow like they do love that that side of things um yeah. can you share so one of my big things and listeners know that i'm on a mission to enable six thousand people to be happier at work in the next five years and yeah. my whole thing is a the founder has to be happy and in flow but then how do we create happy workforces and that's about f- finding the the people that are loving the things that we don't love how do you make the teams cohesive can you share a little bit about how you manage your team or any lessons you have around building your culture of your business no that's it's so key to, to be building the culture um you know a few of the things that we do, uh, we have at least once a month, we have a, a team get together. The people that are in Bali, we have that. We have our weekly meetings. And one of the things that I always ask when when bringing on somebody new, because selfishly, this is a great question, and I, I think you should always think about this when you're, you're bringing on somebody for either working for you or a new partnership or something is asking these these questions of what do you selfishly want from me because like when i bring on a new let's say salesperson like i selfishly want them to produce sales to generate more income but in order for them to thrive and stick around for a while and really be happy i want to know what they selfishly want from us so i can help achieve that and like i'll give you an example like some some of the uh, new people that have got started. When I asked that, and they're like, "Can I really share this?" I'm like, "Absolutely, share." It. They're like, "I just want to be around Rhonda, and I want to be able to use some of her networks and being in some of the publications and be able to help leverage me to get on stages." I'm like, "That's what we got to know, because if we can help you do that, then you're going to be sticking around, and it's just not like you're an ordinary." 
uh, you know, employee. You got to make it to where you're focused on you focus on your employees to where we stick out. You know, it's our it's our employees over, you know, cust- our, our clients. We'll fire clients oh. and stuff. You know, it's 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 like they're the first and foremost. So we we really cultivate that culture around. You know, you know, it's like where everybody's happy and we're doing great work. Oh, I love this. Um, getting to the getting to the essence of the person's why, and this kind of links back. Have you ever read the book The Alliance by the LinkedIn co-founders? I have not, but I might put that on my list. Then. It's amazing for setting up um, team structures and redefining. Yeah. Uh, it just it completely shatters the old paradigms of having an org chart or a job description or anything of this stuff. And it talks about having tours of duty. Um, and being okay that people might only be with you for a certain tour to achieve a certain part of the mission and then you might let them go and and understanding how you can help them up-level their career is what's going to yeah. get the best out of them because if you think about it, if you had someone come work for you for two years and they gave you 100% of their their creativity and their effort and their energy and passion for two years – isn't that way better than having someone for 10 years that's operating at like 20% of their ability because they're just there to trade money for, for time or they're, they're not bought into that bigger picture. And, and so much, especially being from LinkedIn, right? The, the network is the net worth. And if people can openly communicate that and you know that and then you can make the connections and be okay that they may evolve beyond you, so many businesses that I've seen do this, the person evolves beyond them, but they end up plugging back in. Like Mind Valley is an amazing example of this. They have someone come, they earn to learn, they they give them all, they help them make the most amazing products or or deliver these things, and then they go off and start their own business, but then they consult back in. Yep. No, no. Yeah. No, and I've worked with a lot of people from Mind Valley, spoke on you know a few of their stages, and I can see that it's like it's that part of cultivating letting them go and then then it's like an incubator (laughs) yeah no it's perfect on that way what's some of your what's what's some other tips you could give business owners when they're scaling like either an epic failure you've had with hiring or managing team or just something that really stands out that you think someone else could learn from your lessons Mm. from what i've already said with the doing the thing that you, you know, you got to see the things that you love. I'm trying to think of like a learning lesson. You know, there's, I'm trying to think of like the biggest, like like a failure learning lesson to for the people. I, like that alone from what I shared with the finding out what, what they really want is so key. What has been a, were you asking like what is a failure? See, I'm. I, I, for, I forgot the question already. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You screw it off. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it open. So I do love to have our listeners learn from epic failures that you've had so they don't have to go through uh, them themselves. But anything that you think okay. would be a great tip? No, I'm gonna, I think this is a – us as human beings, we're, we, we know so much. It's that an emotion, emotional intelligence to where you can feel things – I've made some of my worst, biggest decision failures. One, when we lost everything in 2007, 2008, I gave the money away to a guy that 
like you didn't know he was a criminal, but like you you know when your heart just goes <laughs> and you don't listen to you and you're like, that's not right, and then it's like, uh, and then shit falls. I'm like, you know what? And then after you, after you go through the whole process, you're like, wow, I felt that then, then, and then. It's really listening to your body. So we're because we're so in tune, human beings, and and then after that. We were building everything else back up, and we're launching our freedompreneur movement, like about three, four years. And we're like, we actually, the affiliate company that we're working with, they closed down, so we like took all our last money. We were building it up, and the people that we were partnered with, which I knew, I knew it without a shadow of doubt. There's something not right with these people, but Rhonda was so far into it, and I was like, I was telling her like something's not right. Then they tried to blackmail us for the, on the on the IP of everything, and. They closed us out, locked us out of our sites, everything. And then they tried to take your customers. But I'm like, damn it. I knew there was something wrong. And now every single thing that I do, Ron and I, we've been together for 23 years. And we're just about ready to make a big uh, real estate purchase here in Uluwatu. And I'm, Ron is just looking at me and like, it sounds so good. But there's something in it. And I'm like, Rhonda, I go, are you feeling this? And we had to pull the plug, even though we put so much effort. And my mm. point behind this is don't be afraid to pull a plug on something when your heart and your intuition is telling you something. Because there's so many times when you go into partnership, I, like partnerships are marriages. You got to go with the right for like, and when you don't know, you're just like, you're locked in. So go with, go with your heart. I mean, and it's hard to say that, but like you do know when things are happening, if it's not feeling right, listen to oh, it i love i love that one we've had quite a few people on the show that have talked about intuition and and it, it is hindsight is 2020 right but you can look back at that moment and go there was something there and i didn't listen to it and often like you just said then you you've gone so much into this put so much effort into potentially buying this property and yeah. you're you sometimes push through out of ego or because oh, i've come like i've worked so hard to get to this point and you don't want to yeah. lose the time or the the effort that you've already gone to. Yeah. Yeah, but you get it's like you it's it's the ego and it's uh you know you're losing face or or you've told your friends you're doing this and then you're not doing it. You got to like that's just the ego. You just got to let it go and you're like you got you got don't be afraid to walk away. And business is business, you know? So mm. you have the you have the relationships but it's like you have to listen to what's inside and when it's telling you listen you know it's one of those things you got to get burned quite a few t- uh, a, a time or two in order to figure that out because I, I remember the first time that I, I started really investing heavily in, in stocks and I was I was thinking and that's the same thing when I thought I was a real estate mogul back in the day before I lost everything I wasn't a real estate mogul I was just on a hot market like, the, like anything you bought in California or wherever, you're like, it was going up until when it's not going up. It's like people think that they're crypto uh, experts, right? No, you're just on an up market. There's, you know, it's like you're, you're just riding it. And then there's a crash yeah. and then you get humbled. And I remember this was a thing that one of my dad's, uh, my dad passed away. We had somebody that looked over, um, you know, looked over us, you know, it's kind of like a God, you know, Godfather to us. And, uh, He's, and I was like, hey, I'm going to do this, this. And he just looked at me and he goes, you've never seen a down market. And I was like, what do you, in my mind, I was like, what are you saying, old man? 
And I was, and he's just like, you haven't seen a down market, have you? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> and then in the whole bunch of like stock stuff. But it's one of those things you got it. Like he could tell me, but you got to stick your hand in the fire. So you're going to get yeah. burned. But listen to those what happened before and let those be the learning for what's happening in the future. Yeah. Have you heard of the Silver Ultramind system? Jose Silva's intuition system. You know, you've been typically when people are asking me, I've heard some some of the things like you are really blanking me on a lot of these things. Wow. I, have, I got a lot of I got a lot of learning to do, I guess. Got, <laughs> I, can I get your show notes? <laughs> you can have the show notes. <laughs> um, well, this is if you know if if you've heard any of Vision's story from Mind Valley when he was a salesperson and how he was like shit he was really shit for a while and then he became the best and it was because he started doing meditations and learning about this system and it's um it's about intuition and and trusting your gut yeah. and um the the thing that i really loved out of it that goes with your story though is when you learn about ultramind uh or, or the silver system and intuition it's starting just to daily recognize those feelings in your body when your gut yeah. says something like, you know, when you're driving somewhere and your gut's like, oh, I think I should go right. But your logic brain goes, no, 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 you're supposed to go left. And then afterwards you're like, fuck, knew I should have gone right. Or yeah. I knew I shouldn't have done this. Or you just get that. Some people get it in their gut. Some people, like you said, in their heart. Some people get tingly. You get the, the truth yeah. pimples, yeah. whatever it is. And if you start to journal or reflect, like say looking back at the end of the day and going, did I have any of those moments? Where did I feel it in my body? Then you can start yeah. to recognize that more and, and hone and craft that skill a little more so you can get those sort of early warning systems. Yeah, no, I agree. I like that. And I, I read his, I read his one book, but I, I remember him talking about that and no, and it is, it's a daily reflection and it's just where, you know, it's a feedback loop, right? Your feedback mm. of what's what's happening. And yeah. yeah. I'll, uh, I'm going to tap into that more. <laughs> tap into that one. Um, that will that kind of leads me to asking you about your your daily rituals. Now, I know mornings are uh, a protected, sacred thing for you personally. Is that still is that still true? Still true. I've uh, I haven't swayed away from that. And you know what? I also came up with a very easy fun acronym for what my morning routine and my daily routine looks like so everybody can get a takeaway from this and this is i when i when i speak on lean in people I, I always go i always go through this so since i'm a surfer i make it easy i have the surf method okay so everybody can spell surf s-u-r-f right and i spelled it correct even i can do that <laughs> i'm listening all right so I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk you through. This is my morning routine, but it's kind of also through my daily routine. Uh, S stands for set up your day for success. The U is uncover, discover, declare. The R revenue generating activities, and the F is family and friends. So what I start off with set up your day for success. I turn off all my notifications. Everyone knows on my team that I will not communicate. If you get communicated with before 9 a.m it's it's a bonus if you know if you wanted but like they know without a shadow of a doubt i will not communicate until at least 9 a.m because when i wake up at 4 30 in the morning 
till 9 a.m. is 9 a.m. Bali time. <laughs> Bali time. That's correct. <laughs> I only work on my time. So, like, I wake up, meditate, I do breath work, and then so it's in the dark. And then I go out. If the surf is good, I go surf. Otherwise, I exercise, do yoga, something. But I still evolve it around the surface. You always got to see it, go there. I do. Uh, I go to the Astana, which is, uh, you know, it's like hot, cold pool plunges and stuff. So I get myself in just the best state as I can because you have to take care of your surf self first and foremost. I say it's like that. Here's a selfish thing. When I say, what do you selfishly want? You have to selfishly take care of yourself first before you can actually take care of your your spouse, your partner, your kids, your coworkers. Because oh. if you're not, because if you're not taking, it's just like the oxygen mask, right? Place yours on first before you can put it on your kids. Do you, so do you know one that, of Rory's number one quotes around that? What did he say? Self care is not selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he says that many times. Exactly. <laughs> Gotta check out Roy. I spent a week with him just at last uh, in the US, but a great dude. Great dude. We traded so many waves and barrels. It was so fun. Oh, so fun. Rub it in, why don't you? I <laughs> know. Uh, so, so that's the S. So before I do anything, but then the uncover, discover, and declare, that's where I'm putting, not only am I treating my physical body, but I'm also treating my mental. So like a podcast like this or an audio book or uh, something to where you're putting good things. So like if I'm going for a walk, run, doing some exercise, I'll put something that's going to engage my brain. Uh, so not only am I listening to it, and it's not just listening to things, but it's also I take from those each day, I'll journal on something, and then I'll implement one aspect. And then I'll teach it. Usually I'll teach it on like a Facebook Live because when you can retain each one, otherwise it's just like, for instance, today, here's the exercise. Do the S-U-R-F and retain this and then teach it to somebody because you will be able to retain much more and be able to implement it. And it just, it, you have to, there's I, there's people that are just like, I listen to books and do this, but if you don't uh. implement it, then it just goes out all the windows. Knowledge is not power, but when you implement that knowledge, then it is power. Well, I always say we don't have a knowledge problem. We have an implementation problem. Correct. And you if you- There's so many forces and everything out there you there's so much knowledge out there but if you do not take it implement it then it's worthless 100 percent. and the if you learn like if you go into something with the like with the intent that you're learning it to teach it you you already are putting together more dots like thinking about oh if i was going to tell someone else how to do this what's the important information how do i bridge the gap how do i connect the dots for somebody else and it's really funny because I've been t thinking about doing another like podcast, but lot just as live streams rather than produced on book reviews, because mm. every time I read a book, cause I often like, if I'm going deep on culture for someone, I'll, I'll I've got three or four books that I always read and I reread them and I l learn different things based on the client I'm about to apply it to. But I, mm. if I can do that, I think with every book that I read specifically just to teach something out of it, the integration mm. Definitely. No, definitely. And that's, you know, there's some of the most powerful uh, courses and everything. It's, it's, it's the ones that you're actually taking action every single day. So this is why the surf method is a daily thing. It's not a weekly, it's not a monthly, it's a daily thing. And if I know and I check off all these boxes, I'm complete for the day. So 
So when I'm doing the undiscovered declare, then what I'm going into, and this is all before noon, is the R. Now, this is the most important thing. If you're not making money, you're dead in the water. So if you're not doing revenue generating activities before noon, and I always, and I forgot who said that, but have all your revenue generating activities, your hardest things before noon. So I always make There's sure frogs. Going to eat the frogs. You have to be, and it's not just being busy. Like how many times do you ask people, you know, it's like, how are you doing? I'm busy. What the hell does that mean? It's busy like being busy. But are you actually really doing the things that is going to have you so where you can actually live a lifestyle that you want? Or are you going to be like, oh, I'm broken. So you have to do things such as lead generation, producing the content, cultivating those leads, you know, you know, it's like, and then having a sales system to be actually generating the dollars, dollars and closing the sales. And it could be, you could have everything automated through your marketing. You could have sales teams. You could be the salesperson, but it's got to be putting revenue into your business. So that is a key thing all the way up until noon. So from like nine till noon, I am, I am revenue generating activities. I don't really talk to much of my team besides a little bit before to like, this is what you got to do. And then in the afternoon, after I get through all those on my follow-ups, and it's perfect timing for me in the U.S. because most of our clients in the U.S. that I'm doing all my follow-ups and everything like that in the calls at that time that I have to do. So revenue generating activities. And then one of the most important things is family and fun. Um, you know, if you're not spending the time with your family and having fun, five o'clock, we're pretty much shutting down. Um, I'm on a water fast for the next three days, so no wine tonight. But otherwise, it's a, you know, we'll have wine and we're hanging out, having dinner, looking at the surf, maybe surfing together with my daughter. But you have to have that family and fun. So that's my surf method. Oh, I absolutely love that. I'll get make sure that the uh, the team write that out for us. Is there, have you recorded this as a method anywhere? Is there anywhere else that people can get this or do we just need to come back and rewatch this? I've done it on, I have it on like a video and I've done it on many podcasts and stuff, but uh, I'll send you over it written out. So oh, that'd be you can find, yeah, you can find our stuff on Unstoppable Family and you just Google our name and we pop up everywhere. <laughs> you sure do, you sure do. Um, yeah. So just, just talk to me, you just said then like, your interaction with the team. So where do you yeah. fit into the structure of running the team and what's what's your role as visionary? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Cause I used to be in the day to day. I've stepped back. I've been part, I was like doing like the head of sales and I didn't want to be a, like the day to day. I cultivate, I like to call it like antelopes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the story cause everybody can remember stories so I can tell you something that will be, but you'll remember this. And I think this was from Tim Ferriss, and Tim Ferriss heard, heard it from somebody else, and somebody heard it from somebody else. <laughs> but a lion, a lion, he can hunt down and kill field mice, but he's going to kill himself by, uh, by excreting all that energy to hunt down a field mice, and he's going to starve to death. So he'll kill himself by it. But those field mice are like these little wins and we're like yay we got these little wins or you can be that lion or lioness my wife's a lioness and you can really cultivate some heavy big relationships and what we call antelopes and that lion will stake out 
and we'll just be watching, not chasing all this, but that one kill. Uh, it's kind of funny saying this. I don't like looking at sales or killing something. But but if you look at it in that thing, but it's like then not only can he feed himself, but then he can feed his whole family and pro- probably part of the tribe. So mine is really the visionary is, is cultivating the antelopes and the business development. And we're in some major deals with some like big companies right now for their PR and their SEO. And it's not a thing that you can just pull off right away. It's long term. But if I myself, my wife and I really focus on that, then the whole tribe is going to be able to get fed. And while our sales team is really, you know, they're not getting necessarily the field mice. There's some that are bigger, but I'm really focused on that. And I have a beard company. So I'm, I'm building a beard company. <laughs> focused on growing the beard. Well, that's, that's, a, that's also looking at like your highest, best use, right? Your, yeah, your businesses are built on your personal brands effectively. Like you've come from being a robotics engineer and a pharmaceutical salesperson into having a PR agency. I'm guessing that the PR agency came on the back of you guys being you guys and being that first digital family and, and learning how to PR yourselves. Is that, would that be a fair jump? Here's how it, here's how it kind of happened. When, when you're uh want to be on stages, how do you get on stage? You're doing just some kick-ass shit that is like, they're like, Oh, we got to have you on. And it's, Right nowadays, Google somebody's name and you're going to know exactly what they're up to. Like, if you can't find anything on Google about them, then it's like, all right, who is this Joe Schmo? So, back in the day, about like seven, eight years ago, we were just like, we wanted to get into PR just so we could have that as on our as seen on banner. Yeah. And as marketers, we're marketers first and foremost. After we did that, I remember, uh, so we had our as seen on banner, it was great. And then, uh, we started realizing like, well, what if we marketed these articles and we started just doing testing on marketing? We're like, man, we can get these clicks for like, you know, five cents a click. Then it started going down. Then we're like, oh my God, we can pixel this. And we're like going, my gosh, we can do this PR. And the, the return on investment is incredible. And it's, it just started like coming about and it came from the marketing side of things in the SEO side versus the vanity side uh, because a lot of people are like, I want to be in Forbes because just, um, my ego is, yeah. yeah. I, just before this call, I got hit up to be on like the top 1% of coaches list on Yahoo. I was like, is Yahoo still a thing? And how much money do you want to be on that list? <laughs> like, yeah. No, thank you. No, I'm not paying to be on your it list. It was, it was really, it came out of like, wow. This is a whole different ball game that a lot of people aren't tapping into and how we can differentiate ourselves is we come from the marketing world uh, on it and the branding side versus, hey, I'm a PR agency. So we're a lot of the people that are coming to us, they're, they're marketers. And they when we show them what we're doing, like, you know, the marketers that are making eight figures, you know, high mm-hmm. seven figures. They, and they, they just they get it. They're word to scale. We can show them what, what we're doing. They're like, I'm in. How much is it? It's like. It's like 50k you're like okay and then like so yeah because they, they can understand the numbers and when people start doing that but then we're also bringing in like the coaches you know like you can be a high-end seven-figure uh coach but forbes and the big pr doesn't really want to talk about coaches but then if you start having connections be able to get in that and then how do you increase 
your coaching value. Oh, Google me. Oh, you're listening to Forbes on entrepreneurs. So it kind of, a, it just, it happened out of the branding just, just mm-hmm. by te- us testing marketing. And, you know, speaking of mind Valley, it's like one of the CMOs, I'm sure you know who it is, but it's like, I was at a mastermind with him and I was like, Hey, this is what we're doing. He goes, we're doing that too. And I'm like, I'm like, so I'm on the right path. He's like, keep doing it. I'm like, <laughs> so, Amazing. Yeah. Now, yeah, so talk to me about building, building the unstoppable brand, <laughs> uh, because you've got unstoppable everything, but I want to talk specifically to values and the importance of um, the importance values play in building a business, building a brand, building your team, building your life. Yeah. Well, speaking of values, this was one of the uh, things I shared. My mom passed away three years ago yesterday uh, hmm. of cancer. My dad passed away 30 years ago last month from, uh, from AIDS. The biggest thing that I took away from my, my father was this expiration date. And that was the value of like, I'm never guaranteed. And I'm like, I'm going to go, one of my values, I'm going to live life to the fullest while I can now. So that's a value in, it's ingrained in our brain with my daughter, my wife. Well, my, well, my mom, what I, what I shared on this message, I shared it on, you know, the Facebooks and Instagrams. And I wrote this thing about like the biggest thing that I took away from my mom. She was totally different than my father. Uh, but the thing I took away from her was that she never missed a school event of mine. She never missed a football game. She never missed a basketball game. She never missed any time she could uh, uh, volunteer at school. She was part of the Sunday school, church, and everything. She just she never missed a goddamn thing. And she was they got divorced when I was six, and she was a full time mom, full time employee, but she never missed it. And that value was the thing that you have to show up for people first and foremost before they can show up for you. And that's one of the biggest values that that oh. our family has. When we don't want to do something, I'm like, hey, we just got to show up. And I, when we say it, I just look at my – like, I don't want to do this. We just, we just look at each other. I'm like, got to show up. And we just look at each other like, and that's all you have to say. And that's just a value that's ingrained. We show up for people. And uh, even when you don't want to. And, and I'm not saying to say yes to everything. But that value alone has been one of the most beneficial things that people always know. That if we say we're going to do something, we do it. You know? So that's one of the biggest values. Beautiful. I just shared yesterday. Yeah. So how do you... How do you live your business by this? What are the guiding, like, how do you integrate that into your team and, and, and the way that you do business? Yeah. I never say to do something on something that I have yet to do. So when I am guiding new people from sales and stuff, I'm not just telling them to go listen to this. I'm taking what I've learned and I get into the trenches. I think that's one of the biggest things is that, uh, people are afraid to get into the trenches. Rhonda lives by example that she doesn't just practice it. We don't just practice or just preach. We practice what we preach. So every single thing that we're doing and we have our clients doing is the things that we do. So, you know, those, it's so important. It's like, you gotta, 
you know, to be a leader, you have to get out, get in the trenches and lead with them. Amazing. Um, Can I now go through, I I feel like this value of yours in terms of um, living life to the fullest has really been instilled in Hanalei and the way that you bring her up. And I was listening to a story of how she became a fashion designer. So can you just talk us Talk us through how Hannah Lee became a fashion designer and the sort of the more from the perspective of a parent, kind of conscious parenting, I suppose. Would you call it, is your style conscious parenting or? I think you'd call it something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We've called it that. We wrote a book and had conscious parenting, but we didn't call it conscious parenting, but we had it part of like the subtitle. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, it's um, what happened is when we shot a video it was funny we were living in panama on the caribbean side we went over to costa rica and my wife was shooting a video of hanalei one of the one of the things that we did with hanalei uh we had her share her voice from early on so we were always on video always communicating and we did these wisdom of the day with hanalei while we were riding riding her bicycle to school and she would just share, and she got very comfortable with being able to share her message. Not like she's, uh, you know, putting her in front of the camera and forcing her. She got used to sharing her message. And then when we were in Costa Rica, when she was seven years old, my wife, she goes, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my daughter goes, I want to be a fashion designer. And my, da- and my wife goes, you know that you, you could be that right now? And she had this, like, like glimpse in her eye of, really and my wife goes tell me more yeah you, <laughs> yeah you could you could be one of the most famous fashion designers you could even open a fashion designing business next year if you really wanted she's like really and you could just see it in her eyes like is that a possibility little did we know that for the last two years she's been sketching designs and we had no idea and uh so we shot that video. We had no idea. It's just, you know, put it up on YouTube. It's on Facebook and stuff. And when we were, when she was nine years old, we, uh, our electricity went out in our, in our villas and it was hot as snot. I could have slept, but my wife, she's like, we need to go get a place. And we couldn't find a place. Hanalei has to go to school the next day. And we found this little, little warung. And I walked in and said, do you have a room? And, you know, it's warung's a, a restaurant. And uh, they were like, yeah. And I saw these, this, these two women having dinner. They had a nice bottle of wine. And I'm like, great. So we're, we're talking. Hanalei falls asleep. We asked this lady named Karen. We're like, well, what do you do? She goes, I'm a fashion designer. And Hanalei wakes up out of this sleep. And she goes, I'm a fashion designer, too. And we're just like, what the heck? <laughs> and the lady goes, well, if you're a fashion designer, you must have your sketchbook on you. She goes, absolutely, I do. And Ron and I have no clue about this. We're not fashion designers. So we're just like thinking she's joking around. We're like the sketchbook. We're just thinking these little funny drawings that she's doing. He brings it over to her and she starts going through and she's like, these designs are amazing. She goes, which one of you guys are fashion designers? And Ron and I were just looking at each other like, uh, neither of us. She goes, these are amazing. She goes, where did you learn these? Holly's like, they're in my head. And she's like, all these things of these patterns, like, how did you do these? Like, 
And we're just like sitting there going, what the fuck is going on? Like, like really? So then I'm thinking, at first, she's just being nice, right? And, you know, maybe it's not. So like three weeks later, we're having a get-together at our house, and there's a friend of a friend, and she said she's a fashion designer. I'm like, oh, you're a fashion designer. I go, hey, would you mind taking a look at some of my designs? So I took out Hanalei's notebook, the sketchbook, and I showed him to her. She goes, wow, these are these are." wow she kept on going through like where did you study i'm like they're my nine-year-olds she's like you're kidding and then i had to ask one more person just to be sure and i i and i acted it was my design book and they're like these are amazing and so we're like all right now we got to put these into uh so we basically her first design clothing line was crafted when she was five and six years old and if you've seen any of Hanalei's fashion shows, she did, did those at five and six. And all these wow. models are wearing her, her clothing line. So we've, uh, so she had a fashion company, made her first six figures at age 11. She got flown around first class around the world to speak on stuff. She's been on big shows. Kind of she speaks a lot about was, slow fashion, all right? My, all, my, all my speaking gigs, they started wanting my kid before me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, now she gets first class purchase and I got to buy my own. (laughs) That's how it happened. It's pretty crazy. But the the question, even though we asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? We turned it around to like, what do you want to be now? Mm. And there's no reason to wait. Like you said earlier to when you retire to do this or when you do this, it's like kids, internet, this is the time that you can just, what do you want to be now? And have the kids do what they want right now and you know the things what we've done with with Hanalei, we were unconventional family we took the no, words no not and don't out of our vocabulary like don't do this you know stop that and we've done it like hey if you're up there pretty high you may want to there's some risk so we've 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 also you know take we've we've done that we've also from uh like the book the celestine prophecy you've read this book the celestine prophecy and I hear you picked it up in somewhere very close to me right now, in good old Nimbin. How did you know all this shit? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Especially when you, w- when you wouldn't send me any preparation for this. <laughs> wow. You're very good. How did you know the Nimbin? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, Am I right, though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Nimbin. We found it on the street. Bought it for a dollar. Oh, that's there. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, the thing was, one of the cha- one of the principles in there was uh, to be able to, to communicate with your children as if, like, they're human beings. Like, for instance, when our daughter is, like, four years old, people are like, what's your daughter's name? Well, you can ask her. Instead of, like, oh, her name is Hanalei. What does your daughter like to eat? Well, ask her. She's a human being. And when kids at young ages are, like, they're human beings and they can make decisions... They make decisions, small decisions at an early age. They can make bigger decisions at a, at a much, and they're respected, and they know that, you know, we treat them as human beings. I've seen kids that are like 10, 12, and they're like, oh, my son likes this. And like, what is your kid? Like, it's crazy. Treat them as human beings. Talk to them like they're human beings. Like, in the, not necessarily they're adults, but. Yeah, I absolutely I love this. My sister, she conscious parents, and we've just been away camping, as you know, for the, for the weekend and just some of the things that you were saying 
I recognize in her. So my nephew would go to do something. It was his fourth birthday and she'd like, just be mindful of this rather than stop or be careful. It was like, be mindful that this will be the consequence if you do this and giving a choice. Like if if you, would you, you can have this or you can have this, or if you do that, you're choosing or you're telling me that, 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 but you understand how much harder it is, but how much more value, like, you have to think about this stuff. And as a parent, because we're so consciously of don't do this, and you're telling them what to do versus you're giving them options. You yeah. have to be it's a lot of brain power, but it's so, that's how we are, how we raised on a leg. Have you, did you meet Eric Edmades at, when, when you've spoken at Mind Valley at all? Mm, I don't know. I think Eric- sounds familiar. He he's been at most of the Mind Valley things. Um, yeah. He is the founder of Wild Fit, and his podcast just came out. We just had it yesterday, no. um, and I was asking him about like how do I because I'm a, a new stepmom. How do I integrate like this healthy eating with the children and and these these things about choices? Like okay, well we're gonna let you earn money and pay extra, say pocket money or whatever. And if you really want to have this non-healthy option, you can choose to buy it with your own money. And these yeah. are the reasons why we feel like it would be a bet, like there is better choices. But if you want to choose to do it, and then they understand that, and they they're a bit more conscious about it because it also takes out that um, need to rebel or like sometimes they want to do something just for the control or the power of it. And the way you're yeah. talking about giving Hanale decision making and and choice and and asking her that need to rebel or rebut or to push for power would be remarkably reduced yeah no absolutely it's you know it's no it's i don't know what else to say beyond that it's that's it totally is you know it's and it's like for us we don't have we also, if something's not working, adjust it, you know? And I think mm-hmm. a lot of parents will get so rigid on it's their way or the highway. And, you know, I am the, I am the parent, I am the, you know, the superior, listen to me. We learned so much from listening to Hanalei and just like, like, man, she's made me more compassionate. She made like, there's like, I listen to my, my, child and she she teaches me lessons every single day and i i think a lot of parents will just like they think that they're just the teachers which nah learn so much from your kids and if you're open to that man the relationship you can have with them like the relationship i have with my daughter and my wife we're like closer than ever and it's because we you know it's like we trust her we Mm -hmm. give her options we give her choices you know she's gonna make some bad ones probably but man it's like so far so good <laughs> <laughs> she is a remarkable human that is for sure um yeah. any other parenting tips you'd like to to share no not no treat them like a human being asking them what do you want to be now i think another thing is like right now especially since uh this covid where you locked down i don't know if kids are going back to school or whatever this is like the best time to have a relationship with your kids and doing a project where you're doing something where they make their first dollar online, mm-hmm. it's so powerful. I mean, Hanalei, she she did the six figures at 11, but 
you know, it's like just starting something, creating something together, having it as a family project versus sitting around watching TV and watching all this junk news getting thrown at you and the fear and scare. It's like learn something where you can craft a skill together and it's family bonding. That's yeah. probably best piece, best piece of advice. Like right now, it's like uh, Hanalei, I made it a priority that we're going on a surf trip every single month because it's uh, not only do we like to surf, but the bonding moment and we get to talk, you know, daddy daughter we get to talk business we get to talk surf we get to it's like it's like now it's part of my this is it's a, it's a high value it's a priority for me spending the time because you know it's like I, I said it with my mom on the values i'm like you know i thank her so much for for giving me this showing up thing and it's like i regret that i never told her that and mm. we're just never guaranteed you know one today maybe last and if you keep on if you keep on thinking that you're gonna live forever you're never gonna do shit like now just like hey i got three years left what would i do now if i knew i only had three years left you're gonna radically change your life and it's taking those first steps you know yeah i love that that actually brought me back to when we were talking before about you know before the secret came out and the manifestation stuff and the um law of attraction um, but the, the key thing for me is always about manifestation in action. So you can't just sit there and like hope and pray. It's about taking that first step. And whether that first step is like you said, designing the ideal day, your perfect day and, and writing it out. And then you're opening up yourself to the universe to, to provide you signs or like, it might be like, Oh, all of a sudden you see an ad for something to, to learn about or a book or you you're listening to a podcast and you hear one of the recommendations that you wouldn't have heard before because you hadn't opened up your reticulator reticulated reticulated activated memory is that right or your active your ras system um I, I always mess that one up but it's you're taking off those blinkers so that the imports can come in and it but it started with that first step of going what is it who do i need to be to be able to show up and live this life and then the then the signs start coming to you. It's not not about just sitting on your yoga mat or your meditation mat, wishing it into existence. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask for uh, one last set of tips from you. Your top five branding tips. Top five branding tips. Okay, so I got to think of five of them. One for branding, you got to do something that you really love like for instance my, i'm unstoppable surfer so when i when i created that brand that was something that you didn't have to tell me to go out and go surf and so when you're a brand it better be about something that you really love and that you're like gonna do it even if you're not getting paid for it so that's 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 a big thing for branding uh let's go two three four five you know it's like we've always done things really different from the like from what everyone else is doing we like you know like for instance we're a branding agency and we're we're digital nomads living in you know doing a pr firm like where we don't have something in new york city with the we're like let's just just do something different so you got to be able to stick out when people zig use that um for the branding my see you got to also 
Um, there's things that are important, but they're not urgent. And you got to start prioritizing these things. Like, for instance, if you are not showing up on Google, like, seriously, like, you, like Google your name, you and whoever. Oh, and can you imagine what happens when you Google Jade Green? Come on now. <laughs> the amount of things that come up on Google. <laughs> yeah, good. It's like, but it's like you have to start being able to, like a lot of people, like for instance, PR, and it's not, it, it's really having that. So or Google knows who you are. Having a Google knowledge panel. That's a, that's a big thing to where. Wait, what's like, a Google like, knowledge like, panel? So Google your name, and if you got the thing up the right-hand side, showing uh -huh. your name, website, your book, your social profiles, or is it a blank screen on the other side? When you start doing publications and having news, Google will start, uh, the algorithms will start putting it together and uh, creating a Google Knowledge Panel. So you'll see it. So Google some famous people, and you'll see what the Google Knowledge Panel is. Google some other unfamous people, and you'll see that where there's not. So I, I think that's one of the biggest things for branding is actually getting that to where people are going to Google your name before they work with you. They're making decisions before you even know it. And so that is a big branding tip. Now I have to have two more since you asked for five. Don't um, you have a guide for this on one of your websites or something? I do. It's five steps. To, <laughs> to, but I'm like... That's the that's the five steps, but I'm not sure if it's the, the, the my my five most favorite. Oh, good. Give me two more then. What would you reckon? What would you tell me to do? What did I tell you to do? You know, I one of the things I did not do is I did not Google your name before. And if I did Google your name, I would have been able to tell you a lot more. So I can <laughs> I can I can do a domain ranking on your on your website and seeing where you're at and. Um, if you don't that'll be that'll be easy because uh, I only got a landing page during COVID. I managed to get by until now right. on just having my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you're not owning your online real estate, everything that you have on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, that can be gone in a minute. You have to start building. And so this is the foundation. This is why it's so important but not urgent because if you don't do it now, you're going to still like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. I can oh, do it tomorrow. And you keep on. I'm devastated because I missed out on jadegreen.com. And it was, it was there as a park and I could have bought it a couple of years ago for five grand, but I was like, oh, who are you wanker? You don't need to buy that for five grand. Don't I wish I did now. Um, I've got jadegreen.com.au, but there's another Jade Green that does consulting and she's blonde haired, blue eyed. And sometimes people like it, they have to do a double take. <laughs> yeah, no, hang on. I got to plug this in. Otherwise, my we're going to zap off. No, don't go. <laughs> I think that's a like while Brian's doing that, though, I think that is a really important piece and something that I have been recommending to all of my clients is as soon as you can own your name. So if you have a kid, like yeah. the minute you have that kid, go and, go and buy the dot com. Yeah, no, Hanalei, she's got Hanalei Swan, Rhonda did not have Rhonda Swan until the woman died just two years ago and it just came up. So she got it. I missed out on Brian Swan. So I'm official brianswan.com, but, uh, definitely start owning that. And, uh, yeah. When your kids are born buy the domain. <laughs> yeah. Buy the domain and buy all of the handle, like just go and get all of the handles on all of the socials. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. And you know, it's like uh, for another branding thing, it's got to be fun. Something like, like, like for instance, if you see this on my, <laughs> yeah, like I'm a, oh beard, I'm I'm I, it's funny because I when I wear my shirts, they're like that's you. I'm like yeah, you gotta have fun that's with me. it. People, let me let me let me tell you. I think this is this is an interesting. Why did I start my unstoppable beard? And I know this this is also goes with the branding. So this is my last my fifth one. So I'm not just telling a random story, but when I'm very strategic on when when we start something, and I was like. What is our where, where's our business? Our business is through our unstoppable branding agency and PR. But I'm like, if I create a brand that is followed around my surfing and I do ads and funny videos, everybody's gonna start also when they're pulling up me, they're gonna be pulling up Rhonda, pulling up Hanalei. What do they really do? And I've had clients that buy, you know, a twenty dollar product that's a forty two K client. And I'm having that and I knew it was happening. And I'm like so I can lose money on this, but I'll be making a lead loss generator. Yeah, that's good. And I get to have fun with it too. So it's cool. But now we're building it up and getting some systems in place and with our products I'm creating and stuff. So it's fun. But when you do things on the branding part of it, realize that brands are so key. But, uh, you know, so that's why we have our unstoppable families, our umbrella brand. We got Rhonda's the Unstoppable Mama, Unstoppable Surfer, and Unstoppable Beard, Hanalei Swan, got an umbrella brand, but it all kind of funnels into each other. Mm. So have that spider effect. I love it. I love it. So where can people get the five steps to, like your five marketing steps? Unstoppablebrandingagency.com. You can awesome. go to. Yep. Beautiful. And I want to ask two, two last questions. Yep. What is a either a podcast or a book or something that something free that people can consume that you either recommend the most or you really feel like a a business owner who surfs should get onto are you talking about ours or somebody else's that i recommend anybody's could be yours if you think that's the number one thing well we've had podcasts and we've had them shut we've had, had them go down hey here's another thing Make sure that you own this, the hosting of your podcast. We've lost two podcasts from people that we've tried crazy stuff. So ours are going back up. But uh, a couple of I don't even know what that means. That's bad. The hosting of your uh, like I'm not. Do you know how you host your your podcast? Where the hosting? They. I I have the original footage on my on my Google, but then I put it out through Acast. Acast is probably the hosting. <gasps> I'd have to look. But make sure you, you're not just trusting somebody else. We've This has happened twice to us. And they, they deleted everything. And we didn't own and we couldn't get anything back. Like, no shit. So make sure that you own the hosting and uh, of it. We lost two. And they're like, first one was like, okay. The second one was like, oh my God, how did that? I like, I trusted this. How thing. did this happen again? <laughs> Okay, team that's listening, please <laughs> figure this out. Things, but he's, but he doesn't have it. I used, I did Wake Up Warrior with um, Jer, Garrett J. White. That was for like men mentorship. Uh, they're hardcore uh, for marketing. I love Russell's Russell Brunson's marketing secrets. Uh, I tune into Gary V's every once in a while. Um, but those are just kind of like my go-to. You know what? Another one I, I really like on the marketing side 
Billy Jean. Billy Jean is my. Oh friend. yes. Yeah. He's full on, isn't he? <laughs> hilarious, and he's so spot on. Do you know you're the only other person I've ever heard mention Billy Jean? Really? Yeah. yeah. You're a I'm not a marketer, but <laughs> yeah. I'm a podcast whore. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Uh, so those are some solid ones. Beautiful. And then my last question for you was, what is, what would you like to leave our listeners with? What sort of sentiment, whether it be one of your own power quotes or what's the thing that you want to, almost like Tim Ferriss's question about the billboard? What? Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm going to go back to it. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to revert it. This is how I, I usually say it when I'm on, like if I speak from stage and stuff. I started off with, all right, what does, what's today's date? It's June, I can't even read the date, eighth. June 8th. So, so we're gonna, this, this cast is coming out on delay, but yes, June 8th. No, no problem. So right now when we're recording this, it's June 8th. So July, August, September, October, uh, July, September, look at this, I came in July, August, September, October, November, December is six months. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll do this in advance. So, so guys, so tell me, what does December 8th mean to you? Some people are like, oh, it's a birthday or it's an anniversary. I don't know. Something. Now, what I wanted you to do is I want you to, you can close your eyes on this. You can picture this. But just picture that you get a call and it's your doctor. And your doctor says, Jade, do you have a few minutes to talk? And Jade's like, yeah. We got the test results back. And you have six months left to live. Now, what is six months, what does uh, December 8th mean to you now? means a whole different ball game to you. And if we just really, I'm, and I'm play a mind game with yourself, really picture yourself only having, let's say two, two years, three years to live. What would you really be doing right now? And it's like, if you knew you had an expiration date, what would you be doing today? That's what I want to leave you with because you gotta, I've seen it and, uh, Worst thing is to be on your deathbed with regret. Oh, I love it. That is the mic drop moment. Brian, how, like, where should people connect with you? Where should they go to follow your journey? Since I don't own brianswan.com, <laughs> you can go to officialbrianswan.com. You can find that uh, unstopplefamily.com as well. We've had that. We're revamping that one. And if you want to buy some beard products, why don't you go to unstoppablebeard.com? Everything's unstoppable. I love it. Branding to the yeah. end. Well, yes. my friend, thank you so much for your time today. It has been absolutely epic. We'll make sure that everything is in the show notes. And as always, listeners, if you feel like you've got one piece of gold out of this or there's someone else in your orbit that may get some benefit from some of the gold that Brian shared, please make sure you tag them wherever you are watching this podcast. Thanks, guys. Hey there, Barrel Chasing business owners. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. What would be amazing and allow us to reach as many business owners just like you would be if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you feel like you got any entertainment or any value out of today, if you could pop on over, that would mean the world to us. 
See you on the next show.